the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders. I'm Danny Smith. And I'm Ben South. Thanks for joining us. Hey, we are so glad that uh, you're here. And Ben, um, you know, we talk a lot on this uh, particular podcast about the different ways to plan and to look ahead. And today we're going to have a little fun because we're going to talk about fall festivals and fall outreach for Halloween. And I just got to start and I'm going to make a guess that uh, are you a big uh, dressing up? Does your family go all in on Halloween? Um, We do not do all in Halloween. My kids were actually asking about this the other day. She's like, Mom, can we get some lights or these the blow ups for the air? I was like she's like, No, we don't do that. We don't decorate Halloween. We put a pumpkin <laughs> right. out. She's like, Can we do this? We don't do that. <laughs> we yes. we don't do that. And there's <laughs> so, no explanation. My no. kids are sort of the same way because listen, I I mean that is I'm right there with you. I've never been a big first of all, I don't like scary movies. I don't like spiders. I don't like blood. So really, it's the antithesis of everything I like, except for candy. Right. So I will go with that part. I'm, I, I'm all, if you could just hand me a bag of candy without right. the other stuff, I'm all good. Hey, we have like told our kids a couple of years, it's like, hey, if you don't want to go trick-or-treating and we don't get costumes, we'll go to the store and you can pick out two bags of whichever candy you want. And we'll just buy it for you. Yes. They haven't taken yes. us up on it yet. So. <laughs> it, you just gotta lay those options out there. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was uh, I was working part time at a rec center, and here's I guess what I didn't know. So maybe take a step back. You know, we grew up during a time where there was a devil under every rock, like certain musics. You know, we were certainly uh, seeing the Antichrist and all that stuff. And obviously, I'm saying this in jest a little bit. So you know, my parents were very much like, we don't do this. You know, and but. Uh, I, I, you know, I get this job part time and gets to Halloween. And what I didn't expect was all of the employees dressed up. And my boss is like, why didn't you dress up? I was like, because I'm 38 years old. That's why I didn't dress <laughs> up. I, I just assumed. So I put somebody else's name tag on. I pulled the uh, I think it's Jim from the office that wears like <laughs> somebody else's name tag. I, I kind of pulled that prank. So, yeah, we don't do the the much of the dressing up. Our kids will, will you know, here it is middle of October when we're recording. We'll probably next week think about their costumes or something that they'll do. We'll do a little That's bit right. of trick or treating, and we'll do the fun events at our church and a couple of the community churches. We may go there if our schedule allows. But so let's talk about those things. Yeah, so let's do that. the the church events. How does the church use um, this? this time, this holiday, because it is a, a specific time when really our whole culture knows what's going on. They kind of expect kids to be out. It's, you know, there's a big fun aspect mm-hmm. of it and there's a big opportunity to reach families and to minister to them. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, kind of all kidding aside, people do take it seriously, even though you and I might be the, I don't know if there's a Scrooge version for Halloween. So we might be that, but you're right, man, our neighbors um, folks in our church, they go all in and it's a big holiday for them, even uh, to the point where, you know, you have differing opinions on what kind of outreach might be even acceptable. You know, I don't know a lot of churches that do a haunted house, but they'll call them like a, 
oh, maybe like a judgment house or an eternity house. Or Have something you ever like been to one of those or been involved with one? I've only been to one in my life. It was actually in South Arkansas back uh, during the college days. And uh, so that's the only one I ever went to. I, I'm trying to remember. I was asking my wife the other day. I feel like those were around a little bit when I was younger, but I definitely think in the last 15 to 20 years, it, it seems to be a little more prominent. Yeah, I, I see a lot of churches. I've never been a part of a church that had one of those. I know of some, and I know um, here in our community, there's a church. I don't know if they're doing it this year, and I'm not sure if they did last year because of COVID, um, but they do a big uh, judgment house type thing. It's a huge outreach that their church did. I've been to one or two, but I've never really been involved heavily with one of those. And I think it can be, especially in certain communities, if your church is involved, mm -hmm. can be an opportunity to um, kind of capitalize on that haunted house desire right. i guess if you think about it that way but to be evangelistic through that so i yeah i don't know i have mixed feelings about them what do you how what's sure. your thought on those yeah we should you know, do them or not I, I think mixed feelings as well when it comes to something along those lines because of uh you know i guess and maybe this is the question that will kind of thread through all of our from a basic trunk or treat to uh, something like a judgment house is, is really evangelistically. Are people, when they go through that event, um, are they hearing a clear presentation of the gospel? And is that the intent? I guess that's even, you know, taking a step back, is, is that even the intent? You know, I think sometimes we plan a, a fall festival just because we can get more people on the parking lot, more people through the fellowship hall, and hopefully we have a stack of names that we can invite to church. But uh, yeah, are we are we trying to gear them evangelistically? So I'm, I'm mixed opinion here, and I'll just lay it out there. Maybe this is the hot take is, I, I think with something like a judgment house, I think uh, there's a potential to scare people into uh, maybe making a decision on a card. And I certainly am not the Holy Spirit to know what decisions out of that were legitimate and true. Because somebody may listen to this and go, I was saved during one of those events. But I just think there's, you got to be super intentional and super clear. I feel like the one judgment house I went to, they ended with basically the pastor coming out and making a presentation of the gospel. But again, it was very scare, fear factor oriented. Yeah, I think that's where you just need to be very cautious with those. I'm not going to sit here and say, no, you, you shouldn't do those. Those are not good ways of doing evangelism because I'd rather you do that than do nothing. I do think you have to be very intentional, as you said, but cautious and let the gospel speak versus letting it be an emotional, you know, hey, I don't want to go to hell as much as it is I want to follow Christ. Um, the gospel, we, we shouldn't have to scare people into heaven. The, the gospel is sufficient. Now, we can use these tools, and and that's what these type of houses are, is tools to share the gospel and to share the truth. And so, like you said, I'm not going to discount it if somebody came to Christ, and there are many professions of faith. But I think when you do those, you need to be very intentional mm -hmm. in following up with discipleship or care for them or connecting with their church to make sure that they really are genuine professions of faith. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that a hundred percent. And, you know, and, and this, obviously you can say this maybe even about Christmas plays or Christmas cantatas where it becomes about the performance. I, you know, sometimes we'll see pictures of going, 
hey, here's my husband, Joe. He's playing the devil this year at the Judgment House. And, you know, he looks like one of the characters from Star Wars <laughs> and uh, where you go, OK, are you more excited about playing the devil or. Uh, and again, I, I don't want to be a, a, a killjoy here. Right? I don't want you know, that my obituary that's like he was known for playing the devil annually. And, you know? <laughs> that's right. He played the devil for 666 years in a row. So, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think intentional and like anything else, I mean, even a trunk or treat. So Ben, you were in children's ministry for quite a while before um, you moved over into your current role in missions and education. And so what were, what were some of the thought processes when y'all were planning um, something to reach kids and families in your communities? Because really, I think at the end of the day, that's what all these events are about is, is every church knows, yeah. hey, can I leverage this holiday to reach more families and children? Yeah, that's what we decided. It was an event that we started back when I was doing children's ministry because we do a light the night is what they call it now, but a trunk or treat party on the parking lot. I've heard all those names. Basically, you bring cars in, open the trunk, and you give away candy, you have games, carnival, fair, any of those things. They and all have the I same say, Yeah. And let me say as a side note, that's also a great time of the year when I would clean my truck out, trunk out annually. So just... That is a benefit. We could talk about that some other time. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and there's some trunks you don't necessarily want people using them for that. But that was our heart. Was just It was a built-in time in the community when people were looking for stuff to do with their kids. We could provide a safe alternative. They knew they could come here. They could trust us as a church in the community to, do, to be safe, to not endanger their kids here. Um, and so... It was an opportunity to bring people here. It's one of our largest events where we, I don't know if we consistently had another thing we did as a church that brought more non-church members and non-church going people to our property. So we were very strategic about it. Now, I'll be honest, we very rarely did it on Halloween because we had trouble getting our own volunteers when we did it on Halloween. So we usually, we decided several years ago that we just typically will do it the Sunday night prior to Halloween, whenever it is. It gives the kids an extra night to uh, wear their costumes, to do those kind of things. And we do ours the Sunday night before Halloween. So this year, Halloween's on Sunday. So we are doing our on-campus outreach event the Sunday night before on the 24th. So it's a week out actually but we still what we find is when we advertise people know it they trust us they kind of have no hey it's the sunday night before halloween and they'll come to it because they know it and we've done all kinds of different stuff with food and we've had food trucks some years and we've given away corn dogs and we've had hay rides and um, we've even got the last couple years the gideons come hey that's something you could do if you're doing this event talk to your local gideon ministry they will most likely come and just hand out bibles to people uh, we have a couple events each year. They do that. Um, they'll come and do that. And that just gets scripture into those bags and into those people's homes. You never know what might happen from that. But it, for us, it's not a heavy evangelistic night. It's more a we want the community to to know we're here. And it's one of those events that just we, our goal is to endear our church to the community. I heard someone say once, and I don't remember who it was or if I read it somewhere or what, but I love the idea of it, that we want people to drive by our church who don't go to church and think to themselves, you know, I don't go to church, 
But if I ever decide to go to church, that's where I'm going to go. So that's one of those events we use to help create that mentality in our community, that we want to be out there. We want them to know we care about them, about their kids, and we love them. And it's not heavily evangelistic. Now, we've started doing a Christmas event as well. So typically at the Halloween event, we will... Uh, advertise what's coming up at Christmas. And we may, if we collect addresses or anything, we'll just send them a postcard at Christmas and say, hey, here's what's going on. We'd love to have your family join us because Christmas comes on the heels of these holidays here with Halloween. And that's a strategic time that people might be more likely to come to church even than the Sunday after Halloween. So we strategically um, use that to advertise the next thing. So in our... On our um, Halloween or Light the Night uh, Trunk or Treat event, where it's more about us just loving on our community, just showing the love of Christ versus a heavy-handed, specifically not heavy-handed, or a just even overt gospel presentation. There are soft gospel presentations through our booth. We share that we have the posters with it and banners with gospel presented and. And we have people that will talk with people about that. We have counselors at times there. But it's not an overt, hey, come sit and listen to a gospel presentation. It's more about loving on our community and being open to them. So they will want to come back and know us and meet us and then meet our Savior. Yeah, and I think, and I love that. And I think that if you're going to do some fall outreach, if you're going to leverage that day, I think you brought up a couple of good points. One, I think it's um, trying to evaluate what day you do that on. You know, uh, it's funny, the times that we've done trunk or treats and stuff like that, we've always tried to do those on the night of Halloween itself. But but there's different thoughts for that. Right. You know, just like you explained for y'all, it's worked best the, the week before the churches that I've pastored and been a part of. We did it on Halloween and that seemed to work out pretty well. Also, those are just questions I think you want to ask yourself now. If our folks have said, hey, there's a big thing down at the school on Halloween, nobody's going to be you know, over here. You got to you got to know your community well, which I think brings up the other part of that is if if you know that your your event, like you said, is going to be more of uh, uh, enduring yourself to that community, trying to get folks to know that, hey, there is a church here that loves my family at the same time. Who knows when people are walking across that parking lot and they look and they see their coworker, they see their neighbors. So hopefully you're building bridges now when maybe I didn't know my neighbor before, but I just saw him at the parking lot. So maybe I can ask how their time went. Maybe that leads to a gospel conversation. I could start praying for them. They become the one that you're praying for. So there's lots of layers to these events that it's not just if you decide that you want to go all in and play the devil and be at a judgment house. That's all good. You know, go for it, because if that's, you know, what you sense that is going to reach your community. But if you're going to go uh, the lighter version of that, I think there's I think you brought up some good points with that. As far as like educating your people on how to. Maybe this uh, this seems a little silly, but uh, do you all educate your people on um, expectations for maybe like costumes and stuff like that? Because I've seen pictures of light your night. Your folks go all in and I think it's wonderful. And uh, y'all need to go check that out here in a week or two when when they post some pictures at Central's uh, Facebook page, but um, y'all folks go all in, but I don't typically see like witches and goblins. Do y'all do any education? We typically, I, I, you know, we don't, 
we don't just say, hey, here's not the, here's the things that aren't allowed. I, right. I, we just expect our people to kind of have a wisdom <laughs> that they do. <laughs> Lately, the last few years, our children's minister, David, he has, he has themed it every year. He's like, okay, it's going to be a superheroes theme, or it's going to be a video game theme, or it's going to be a board game theme. And so people have pretty much steered with that in each one. Last year, I think we did a drive through event because of COVID and it was Candyland. So it was all these candy type decorations and stuff where people came through. So he helps guide that just by creating a theme. I want to say this year's is a storybooks theme. Um, I can't remember exactly. It's terrible at this point, but I think it's a storybook theme uh, for this year. But we do all those they just do fun and they have a lot of fun with it we utilize a lot of our student ministry groups um, to do parts of it and just to recruit our volunteers now this year we're actually doing something different in addition to our on-campus when we are doing on Halloween night what we're calling because ours is called Lytha night we call it we're calling Lytha night on location and so we have six or eight different places in our community where some of our live groups have come together and we have on location many light the night at people's homes in neighborhoods so we've targeted um, a few neighborhoods that we know are targets for the trick-or-treaters and you know if you live in a neighborhood you know what that's like there are certain places that people go to trick-or-treat and they don't go to others so we have targeted a couple of those neighborhoods that have um, a lot of kids come through and ask some of our members to host just a mini event on their driveway. We'll, we've helped with providing games, we've helped with uh, bounce houses and those kind of things at some of them. So they'll have something to do there and we're helping with candy and just asking them just to be there, to have a sign that says, hey, this is Life and Night on location from Central Church and uh, our group of people there doing it and just conversating with the parents and talking with them. So we're trying that this year and see how it goes and we're excited about that opportunity as well. You know, you bring up a great point. So here is just logistically things that, you know, hear me, the the Halloween Scrooge that I don't think of, but my kids do, is they know the neighborhoods, man. I remember I, two or three years ago, my kids came home from school. And so they were like, Dad, Mom, the neighborhood over here by such and such place, they give out full-size candy bars. Like they knew, and they had talked about it at school. So I, you know, I think just a little bit of wisdom, too, is if you're going to have an event, I mean, make it fun and make it worthwhile. You know, uh, don't give out boiled hot dogs. You know, don't. Uh, uh, OK, you can give out boiled hot dogs if you want to. But if you can grill them, grill them. But, yeah, give out the good stuff. Yeah, don't don't make it feel like you've got to go cheap. Um, you know, these these families know uh, they talk about, hey, here's a place that is safe. They love your family. They take care of you. So. I think sometimes there's just a little bit of wisdom of like, just make it fun. Don't feel like you've got to uh, be a killjoy on it. You know, that's right. And you don't have not, not everything has to have, you know, a, a service or a devotional. Make it just a fun event is, is, is an okay thing to do. Uh, and this is a great one that you can u- utilize your entire congregation from, from the youngest kids can be involved in helping with the trunk or participating up to your senior adults who can make cookies and everybody can bring candy, you know, and have your church. We have bins that sit around our church for the month ahead of it, collecting candy to give out. Uh, people just bring bags of candies. We send reminders. So we put social media, we'll go to the store and, and videos. Hey, I'm buying my candy. Don't 
forget to pick up a bag of candy this weekend to bring it for for life and not so there's a lot of ways you can you can involve the entire church in an outreach event like this that can uh, really just reach your community so whatever you do what i would say is do something you may want yeah. to decide we're going to do a Reformation celebration or an All Saints Day thing, which there you go. That's I think right. you'll probably limit your target audience a little bit with that. But <laughs> um, do it. Reach out. Advertise. Invite people to come to it um, just so you meet people in the neighborhood. Yeah, don't go to a neighborhood, you know, Catholic church and nail up 95, replica of 95 Thesis. You, you might get, uh, you don't want to violate the law. And uh, so this is one other part of it. I'll tell you, we did a trunk retreat a couple of years ago with some college students. We were doing a college ministry and we wanted they wanted to do some outreach. We did trunk retreat and we were just going to do it uh, the way our street was. Um, there was kind of a parking lane on each of the streets. And so we thought, well, let's let's line up the four or five cars we have here in front of our house. Um, and as people walk by, of course, we had signs, we had lights. You know, we didn't make it kind of like, hey, kid, come look at my trunk, you know. Uh, so we had it all well lit. All, but I actually called the city and said, hey, do we need a permit for this? Do we need some type of special permission? So it's little things like that we don't sometimes uh, always think about. But, yeah, just check with you. You know, if you're going to be off your parking lot, if you're going to just say, hey, we're going to go set up at the school down the street, you know, partner with your schools. Maybe partner with some local businesses. If you don't feel like you can pull that off, there's other ways that you can – if you feel like um, – well, we're all senior adults. We don't really have any young families. And I don't know that we can sit on the parking lot, see what's going on at the school, see if they can be uh, partners there, see what's going on with your city, see if they're doing something. And so you can really take sort of a, a missionary mindset with this particular event if you don't feel like it's something you could pull off on your own uh, or to a level that you feel like would be uh, uh, something that would be beneficial. So yeah, step in and see where you can serve in your community because uh, one thing I noticed last year in smaller communities, especially, you know, the whole shop local thing, if you'll go support local stuff that's going on, that might be a better outreach for you. That might be the question you need to ask yourself instead of trying to do a fall festival at your church three miles outside of town. Maybe you come into town, partner with something that's going on there and maybe find those bridges that you're building. Right. We used to, before we moved to our current campus, we were in a smaller campus that didn't have a lot of space. We we used to do our fall event at one of the local schools. We'd rent the gym and um, do it in their gym and on their parking lot. There was another church in town that would do their big event years ago, and they would rent part of a parking lot at one of the shopping centers, and they would just do it there. You've got built-in parking. People can go to the stores and shop, and you just work with them and do something in your event. Just if you're out in the middle of nowhere where your church is, doesn't mean you have to do it there. Find another place to partner with someone else and do it in the community. We have a church in our community also that does it in one of the local parks. They do a um, uh, in the in the evening on on Halloween, I think they do, but they in one of the local parks where around their church, that's where they do it every year. So just because you may not have the campus um, facilities to do it or the land at your church, there are places you can do it. Find you a partner in the community. Speaking of partners, Danny, do you know who else is a great partner? Who's that? 
Central Baptist College. And we are thankful to have CBC as a partner of this podcast. They are great friends of ours. And CBC knows that sometimes you can't leave where you are to complete your college degree. And they have a proven in-class online or hybrid course format with multiple degrees that will fit your busy schedule. It's the Pace College Degree Program. They know you can't quit your job. They've developed this to help you. They've been doing it for over 20 years years. So here's how you can get started. Go see them at cbc.edu slash online. Apply for admission, request a meeting. They would love to contact you and partner with you for your education. So go check out yeah. CBC. That's exciting. Thank you, CBC. We appreciate you. So again, some good, simple wisdom um, about some of these events coming up. We just encourage you to get involved, do something, use this time to reach families, But Ben, I can't let you go without asking you one more question of all the candy you get. Now, there is the dad tax. We know that for all the kids. Correct. But what is, if you could just, if you got to choose one, maybe two candies, which one you going with? Well, you know, Reese's are always a given, I think. Snickers are good. I really like Almond Joy. It's, Dude, we must be brothers here because I'm the same <laughs> way. I love some and, Almond Joys. You know, I, I look at Almond Joy. It's practically a health food because it's coconut and sure. and an almond. And you've got protein and you've got uh, fruit. And so it's practically health food, I think. Um, yes. Almond Joys are always good, but it's hard to beat a good Reese's Cup. It's hard to beat that. And I tell you, Halloween's always a good time to get sort of the candies I don't often get. So I like it when the gobstoppers, gobstoppers get put in there. I, I always like those. And then I got to tell you, like the double bubble, it's good to get, uh, it's good to get <laughs> it's the gum sometimes. So. You know, and I even like the old style, just the peanut butter chews. I don't know what they're called. They're like yes. generic. They're wrapped in orange or black paper that are peanut butter. I'm not right. opposed to those from time to time. Just don't so, throw the popcorn balls in the bag. That's just a waste. So yeah, or carrot. <laughs> don't do the bags of carrot sticks. That's uh, no. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't have the virtue signal that way. So. That's right. <laughs> that's it. Well, thanks well, for joining fun. us this week on Chair Two Leaders. We hope you'll catch us next time. You've been listening to Chair Two Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair Two Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.